This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Women's Champions League has a new champ, and it's Barcelona as they destroy Chelsea. An amazing victory, the first time for a Spanish side, as well as now Barcelona becomes the first club to win the Champions League, both men and women. We have Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce to break down this. The FA Cup, as Leicester City also become first-time FA Cup winners. We have races in La Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga, and Alison Becker really steals the headlines for Liverpool. Diego Lasso, weekend recap, right now. Welcome to Kego Lasso, our weekend recap. Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce. Hey, guess what? The Women's Champions League final. We have a brand new champ for the first time in their history. Barcelona Femini. Barcelona women win it for nothing against Chelsea. Absolutely amazing. A great victory. Jimmy Conrad. Initial thoughts straight away as Barcelona really honestly destroyed Chelsea. Well, big felicidades to Barcelona, who became the first club ever to win both the men's and women's Champions League. So that is a big deal. And I thought these women were fantastic. When we look at all the goals, first one was an own goal from Chelsea. Very unlucky by Frank Kirby to hit it off her player and go in. Tidy finish, though. The, the one for me, second one, wasn't a penalty. Third goal was was pretty good, but I thought, you know, from a defensive perspective, Chelsea probably could have done a little bit better. The fourth one, it looked like Chelsea pretty much gave up. And those were all in the first half, everybody. I mean, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm a firm believer that you create your own luck. And Barcelona came out with the right attitude and mentality. They were on the front foot the whole time. They were dictating the terms. Chelsea did have a chance right after they were down 1-0. Uh, Peniel Harder had, had a sitter. She should finish, given especially given her quality. She had another chance that maybe she could have done better with. If they get it to 1-1, I think Chelsea settles a little bit. I don't think the game is maybe as big of a gap between the two sides. But there was only, looking at it now, 4-0, only one team showed up and was ready to play, and the other one would just look like they had something to lose and looked a little scared, to be honest. Yep, they went at 200 miles an hour, Barcelona, and did not slow down. And Chelsea were like, what is this truck yeah. coming at me? It was kind of amazing. He thoughts on this game. Yeah, anytime you have a, a final, you, a lot of that, or any sort of big game, you, you immediately go in and you're trying to feel it out, right? You don't want to make mistakes. You're trying to settle in. You're trying to get your team into a rhythm. By the way, I know Jimmy watched the game uh, because the way he said Peniel Harder's name was Harder, and that's how the commentator kept saying it. So I know he picked up that <laughs> that that hard. Was D. that right or wrong? Uh, I went on I, I went on CBS I, HQ and I'm like, is it Harder or is it Harder? I, I, I was like, I'm trusting that guy now. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to say it like this. But I don't really, I actually don't even know. As, as, as Neil, if you're listening, we would Dane, love to know. Yeah. Yeah. As a former resident Dane, I should know the answer to that. I don't think it's Harder. Um, no, that feels French. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that's wrong. But that's just, that was a, a quiz. That was like a quiz to know if you watched the game or not. And the way that I you did, said that was like, 
you know, makes a lot of sense. Well, um, it's going to be harder and harder. But as Jimmy said, Heath, though, the, the, all the goals came in the first half. I mean, Chelsea did try things in the second, but Barcelona held resilient. This is uh, just a good testament because, to be honest with you, and I know Jimmy agrees, we thought Chelsea were going to win this. You know, they just look confident. I think arguably the WSL is a stronger, I mean, Barcelona undefeated the entire season, just amazing team. But we thought just because of the overall diversity and competition for Chelsea, you thought, and the team that they have, I mean, it's, you know, it's not just Frank Kirby, Pernil, we talked Sam Kerr, of course, this is Emma Hayes, arguably one of the best managers anywhere, men or women, you know, and you thought, but you know, here comes Barcelona and they go all out and much more respect, I guess, much more noise should have been paid attention to Barcelona. Yeah, and did did uh, Jennifer Hermoso score today? Uh, no. she, she set up. She, she set up the penalty because no, no, she did not score. No, no, she did not score. She set it up. Yeah, she she had the assist for the for the pen, but she did not score. No. Because I believe Fran Kirby and her were both on six for the Golden Boot race as well. Oh, interesting. So I'm not she sure. I, I think Fran. I, I I'm not sure if there's a tie or if there was less games matches played that gives. No, Melanie Lopez score uh, was the own goal. Uh, then uh, Putea scored the penalty. Then Bonmanti and then Caroline uh, Graham Hansen scored the the four. Wait, wait, wait. Why would you give the penalty to Hermoso? Just let her let her get the golden boot. You know. I know. Well, that's all I'm saying. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> it's true, right? It's true, but it didn't. It well, maybe didn't she happen. was up. Maybe she was top. I don't know. Yeah, because they would they would have been playing. But Jimmy, what's what's crazy is that you said that this was the first time that a men's and a women's team had won the Champions League, right? That's right. Yeah. So Chelsea would have been the first time that a men's and a women's team would Correct. have won the Champions right. League. That's right. Whoever now, won, whoever won. Back to the drawing board, which, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, could, could be but, a rough ending of a season for Chelsea on the both men and women's side, even though the women have already won the League Cup and the league. So I guess they're already feeling pretty good. I and mean, they have a chance to win the FA Cup. So they could win a domestic treble. And when you look at the WSL, it is it is a stronger league generally. I think I think the uh, the Spanish league is getting stronger and stronger. They're adding more teams. But really, a lot of the global stars... You, you are household names on Chelsea, right? You, you, you get them from across the board. They pull in more, more and better players every single year. Yeah. So on paper, you look at it and you go, hey, I, I think they've obviously got the edge. Barcelona have been incredible form uh, from for the entire year and you couldn't write them off. But when you look at, you know, in the same way that we look at any game, you look at on paper and it, on paper means nothing at the end of it, but you, you naturally had to lean towards Chelsea in a game like this in terms of some of those players and some of the big games that they've played in both at the international and club level. No, it, listen, I think it's important to remember just how good this season was for Barcelona. They they play 37 games. They scored 161 goals. They only concede. They only they only conceded 13. OK, they won La Liga. They won the Champions League. And of all that, obviously, alongside the men's side in Barcelona, they became the first Spanish side to win uh, the Champions League. It's just it's amazing. 161 goals and only conceded 13. Listen, they had a plus 123 goal difference in La Liga. I, <laughs> I, I went on HQ. I was like, who the hell is in La Liga with them? Who are they playing? You know, like the, the like an over 50 team. Like who who's going, what is even happening? So that said, despite us kind of taking shots at any kind of competition they have domestically, they did the business. They beat Man City in the quarterfinals. They took care of PSG, who did very well to get past uh, usually the champions of this competition, Leo. Yeah. And, and then they ran over a Chelsea team that on paper, as you guys have said, should have won given the, the plethora of options that they have, especially on the attacking side of the ball. And this was without Barcelona's best defender, Andrea Pereira, who got two yellow cards uh, or one, a yellow card. Yeah. So 
for the for them to do that and and I really thought that they they exposed the weaknesses of Chelsea. I thought the outside backs for both uh, on on, e- on either side of the back line just weren't good enough today for Chelsea, and nobody really stepped up and made plays. And then they were just shell shocked. Once they got down to zero, they really didn't have any answers. That led to the third and fourth goal, and then it was lights out. Yeah, they're in the headlights situation. And um, by the way, it wasn't just that they went undefeated. A hundred and percent win ratio yeah, for exactly. Barcelona. Like that. This is a it's dumb. Pretty ridiculous. Any final thoughts on this uh, final before we move on? Heath Pierce. Yeah, I think only that this is their test, right? You look at the way that they dominate the, the domestic league, and this is just like you see with PSG and Ligue 1. This is sort of like the next stage. They lost in 18-19 in the final, yeah. and, and this was their chance for redemption. And to show that they're not just dominant domestically, that they are are the best club in Europe. And, and they... <laughs> without fail, uh, dominated. Obviously, a few things went their way, but like Jimmy said, you create your own luck and and they ran away in the first half and there was no turning back. And I will just end it with this. Barcelona, we know the club so well because of how they're so proud of their culture, both from a technical standpoint to the way they train, La Masia, et cetera. Barcelona Femini, to this moment, because Ronald Koeman's team is something different. It's more total football. This squad it's more that reminds me of like those Johan Cruyff years, the Guardiola years, et cetera. Of course, there's an element to total football as well, but you know, the tiki-taka perspective. And I think it's really great to see that that's still such a, you know, central part of what they represent. It's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing club, an amazing team. Yeah, I'll just jump in and say that with Barcelona's winning this and capturing this title, the first Spanish side to ever do so, I really feel like that will motivate the clubs that maybe aren't as competitive in, in uh, the feminine side of La Liga to, to start to invest yeah. in a proper way. Like, look at one of our clubs can do it. Let, let's, let's start to put that money into it. Let's start to invest in our women. And hopefully that can help us capture some trophies as well, because you should take pride in any trophy that your, that your club wins. And that will only going to fuel, right? Everything's going to elevate WSL, right? And they're tired of seeing Leon and PSG, you know, win this, win this, or, or have a lot of success or Wolfsburg. Everything's going to get elevated because of the visibility and the, and the continued success of these players. And it's going to inspire the next generation as well. And so, Again, I can't say it enough. I'm really proud to be a part of CBS and Paramount Plus for for showing all these games and and, and taking this this sport and the feminine side of it, female side of it, as serious as they do. I think that's a really big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Poppy Miller and Ali Wagner, Sandra Herrera, and the entire team. Uh, so happy. So hopefully more to come. And by the way, there's more to come here on Kegolazo because guess what? A goalkeeper scored today and even more amazing Amazing matches across Europe as they try and qualify for the Champions League, win the title, etc. Que golazo. We can recap. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. 
Visit roberthalf.com today. It's PGA Championship Week, and the first cut has everything that you need. Join Rick Gaiman, Carl Porter, Mark Immelman live every single day for the 2021 PGA Championship at Clawa Island's famed ocean course just outside Charleston, South Carolina. From DFS previews to worthwhile wagers and even round-by-round recaps, the first cut has it. Find the first cut on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even live on YouTube. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Kego Lasso. Our weekend recap continues. And all right, Heath Pierce, we got to talk about this for a second. Allison, 95th minute winner for Liverpool against West Brom. Just an amazing, amazing moment. Um, obviously, the winner, which keeps Liverpool in the race for the Champions League spot. But Alisson, if, if you don't know Alisson Becker, obviously, you know, the number one starter for Liverpool, Brazilian starter as well. But, you know, a few months ago, his father died in a tragic accident. He's just gone through so much. Uh, and you could see the emotion. It, it was not just about the winner, but everybody just going to congratulate him because of all that. And in the interview, he was saying how he wished his dad was around to just, it was just amazing. I just, just your thoughts on, on, on overall, I guess the three points, but just that incredible moment as Allison becomes, I mean, what is it? Brad Friedel, Tim Howard, Peter Schmeichel. I'm missing a few more, but he joins that exclusive list of goalkeepers in the Premier League scoring a goal. Yeah, it's crazy. I think it's, it's, uh, more than anything, Liverpool fans, right? We're, we're, we've shifted to city this year being sort of the talk because they've been so good. But when Liverpool set out to do what they did last two years, Champions League and then the league, you felt that they were building a dynasty, right? They're like this thing that was going to go on and on and on. And Liverpool, who had suffered for so long uh, without a league title, you know, going back to 2005, a Champions League, like all of these things that were like, oh, we're a big club and, and you know, kind of ignored for a long time. It just felt like there was this culmination of that moment with Allison's goal where now they've got a shot at a Champions League spot. And now it just felt like this breath of relief where it was like, finally, a little bit of magic for us, a little bit of something special, a little bit of what makes Liverpool Liverpool happen today. And you could see the look on his face. You could see the team. It was like this, like almost like this air, just kind of like, like almost a disbelief or like uh, they finally got over this gigantic hump where they felt like they've been swimming against the current obviously they're still not there yet but it felt like they've been swimming against the current for most of the year right injuries just a constant just so many things to deal with and then you add allison and what he's had to go through and it's almost yeah you can't write this stuff it's it's just a a a thing that makes you almost like it makes makes me love the game again when i when i start to look at certain things and you get to the end of the year and you're looking at top four and you're looking at things uh, are, are starting to separate and there's been so much, I don't know, weird negativity around the game and so much controversy recently with the Super League and whatever that this is like the purest of moments um, from a big club. And yeah, I, I, I don't have much more to say than that other than it's just spectacular. And and uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, it, it's, it's amazing to see sort of all those storylines culminate into a moment like that. Yeah, Jimmy, what do you think? I have questions of West Brom's defending. <laughs> That's where I'm going to start, everybody. Let's go back to normal. It was an amazing header. It was an amazing header. Dude, okay, listen. Listen, I've scored a, a big header before in my life where I didn't have to jump. Allison Becker didn't really have to jump either. He didn't actually even have to move. 
The guy's six foot three, West Brom. You might want to put a body on that guy. He nobody was picking him up. I and know, but yeah, but Jimmy, if you goalkeeper, wait, wait, Jimmy, Jimmy, come yeah, if you pull, <laughs> Jimmy, it's 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 uh, it's they're a man up. They're a man up. They use the advantage. Oh, but also, in all seriousness, you, a, a goalkeeper comes up. Are you throwing? Are you throwing one of your big center backs or center halves on him to gain like track track Allison? You go not look at this silly guy you, dressed you funny still. coming in the box right now. That's just gonna end up getting counterattacked on. Listen, I had guys like Kevin Hartman who couldn't have the ball to save their life coming up as goalkeepers, right? <laughs> I mean, Allison looks like he's a proper center back, you know. So, you know, you have to, somebody has to account for him, whether it's the striker or a little guy. Like, slow him down in some capacity. You can't let him have a free header. Oh, fair but point. Said, fair listen, point. Listen, I don't want to take anything away from the incredible story. That well, I think you just did, Jimmy. What a hater! What a hater! <laughs> I'm not. I, you had said everything there was to say. I just want. I'm gonna. I'm gonna scale. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit. Uh, but I do have some questions. <laughs> What's problems, Marky? <laughs> that said, that said, Liverpool, I thought, did more than enough to win that game. Uh, it's very exciting to see that they have an, a wonderful opportunity now to potentially pip Chelsea there for the fourth spot. Uh, you know, obviously, this Chelsea Leicester game on Tuesday is going to be ridiculous. There's so much at stake for that one, especially after the FA Cup. I know we'll get into that in a sec. But Liverpool are there. They got Burnley away and Crystal Palace at home. They if if. Chelsea drop any points. I think I think Liverpool win both of those. And then it's up to Chelsea at this point to see it out. Yeah, it's all to play for. All to play for everybody because Liverpool in fifth, of course, as Jimmy mentioned, one spot behind Chelsea and, you know, two games remaining. And it's very doable, but they just had to do it. But they did it, of course, in the most incredible of ways. All right, let's move to the FA Cup for a second because we're talking about romantic moments. I mean, listen, obviously, we, we'll talk about the game itself in a second. But, um, you know, again... Leicester City's owner, what happened to his family and everything. And then Peter Schmeichel walking over. Not Peter Schmeichel, Casper <laughs> Schmeichel. Uh, I'm too old, everybody. Casper Schmeichel walking the, you know, to Brendan Rodgers and them hugging another great moment for Leicester City. They were their first ever FA Cup against Chelsea and all of us. And you can't blame us. You definitely cannot blame me and Jimmy for thinking that it was going to be a Chelsea win. I mean, everything pointed in that direction. But Leicester City take it. Amazing. And it was amazing to see fans. So, Jimmy, uh, you get the mic for this one. Thoughts on the FA Cup? Yeah, first and foremost, uh, shout out to Leicester, their first FA Cup trophy in their 137-year history. And this is the fifth time they've been to a final, and they finally won it. You know, they're shedding that Buffalo Bills tag, the New England (laughs) Revolution tag, you know, the nearly team. They finally got to the top of the mountain. And I feel like Yerley Tielemans scored a goal that was worthy of that moment, that was worthy of 20,000 fans being back in the stadium, was worthy of of the magnitude and gra- gravitas, let's say, of, of what was happening. And when we look at the possession, very one-sided to Chelsea. Most of the shots, Chelsea. None of them were really that dangerous. Timo Werner had a couple looks. I thought this was going to be his big opportunity to maybe you know, quiet the haters a little bit if he could score in a cup final. Couldn't make it happen. And now we're on the precipice of Chelsea maybe not getting top four, losing in the FA Cup final, and potentially losing in the Champions League final. And nothing, and not having anything to show for their season, and that would be insane given how much hype we've given Thomas Tuchel since he's taken over, and he's deserved it. Don't get me wrong, but he's had a, a tendency of getting to finals before. He's in the Champions League final last year with PSG, and and just not having enough to get across the finish line. And you know what's interesting? And I'm gonna, I'll take one one uh, shot at him for his tactics. He put in Reese James back into center back and take Aspilicueta off. Yeah, and, and they switched from, or they they had Espelicueta to be the wing back, and Reese James went in the center back. And the pass that Reese James tried to make from the center back position is what ended up leading to Tielemans scoring. And and 
that's something that needs to be looked at because I think he maybe didn't get his lineup right. And why didn't you start Christian Pulisic? The guy's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going there. Uh, Heath, uh, thoughts on the FA Cup final? Yeah, I think Jimmy was spot on with Timo Werner. You know, if I going back to think about Timo Werner, he used to get a lot of chances. And yeah. he's not going to get a lot of chances in the Chelsea system, right? You're not going to get 11 chances and you can score three goals or you're screaming up the channels and it's like this, you know, counterattacking style that is wide open all the time uh, in the way that we see, you know, a Dortmund or, or an RB Leipzig play. Uh, and so I, I just worry about his clinical finishing because he did have a decent look, one that came off of his head that ended up on the back post that they, you know, maybe could have gotten on the end of, but that was his his chance to take and, and didn't. But Chelsea was obviously dominant, but those are the times where you actually don't really... Chelsea hasn't been dominant in a lot of games and they win them, right? That's been Chelsea, but then they were dominant in this one and weren't able to finish the game off. And for Leicester City... It's again, it, it, it continues to build this modern story of a Leicester City that going back to winning a, a, a league title has changed the course of their history forever, which is, again, another um, Cinderella story that has continued in, into this. And now we're talking about it being in Leicester City's hands and they've got the trophy now and it's in their hands to finish in the top four. And they're, they, 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 had their, uh, they have Chelsea and Spurs to wrap up the year, which is going to be, you know, Quite not easy but yeah like jimmy said you know it, I, I was willing to go out on on a limb and say that this is my manager of the year thomas tuchel uh, if they finished the way that they had they've got they had all the cards in their hands and now they could end up with none and that would be a huge disappointment and then we have to look at it and say what what is the progress made right okay take it all aside you lose in a final that's amazing you you but when you when you lose in two finals potentially right i'm not saying they will they've still get a chance to play and they have great odds to still win that when you lose in two finals and fall out of the top 4 you start to look at it and go well you kind of gave up what you you made it this far you know if 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 you would have said lampard did all this you would have been like okay cool like they dug out of something bad but they've had all this momentum it would be disappointing to see them end up uh with nothing to show for it no absolutely right listen the thing is I'm not going to get too much into it. I think the most important part, I think, is that Leicester City won their first ever FA Cup. And I think to Jimmy's point and yours as well, Heath, is that I don't think Tuchel got his tactics right in this one, especially during the game as well. I think there were a few, I, you know, to be honest, my initial analysis was going to be, listen, just take care of N'Golo Kante and you'll be fine. But there were so many other things that Leicester City exploited as the game went on. Obviously, there's that moment, the VAR moment, right? Uh, the non-VAR moment where, you know, Chelsea perhaps were robbed there. But, you know, in the end, Chelsea don't get the job done. And if you want to get the job done, you, you can't just rely on one single moment. you got to really take advantage, regardless, regardless of a worldie like uh, Tillemans' goal. Yeah, I would jump in and just say that I thought that VAR was a bit harsh on that one. It gets yeah. really close. We're talking millimeters. And I think if it comes down to millimeters it should go in favor of the attacker uh, yeah. in my, even as a center back, I'm saying that as a center back, that's where we want the game to go. There, well, it's like mean, baseball. I've always thought that too. Yeah. yeah. Always go in Ty favor goes of the, to the runner. Ty goes to the runner. But, exactly. So, so they're going to feel hard done by. And, and obviously, you know, the women's champions league final, I thought that wasn't a penalty either. So both Chelsea clubs getting stung this weekend with regard to VAR going against them. But to your point, Luis, games aren't usually won or lost on one particular play, right? There, there's more to it than that. And you create your own luck and that urgency that Chelsea had pretty late committing no more numbers forward, making those subs to bring on some more attacking players probably should have happened sooner. 
I thought he probably stuck with Timo Werner a little longer than he should have. Pulisic should have got out there quicker. If you knew you were going to get a lot of crosses. I remember I was watching the game thinking, why isn't Havertz on? Why isn't Giroud on? Why aren't your yeah. big guys on? I mean, well, Tommy already- Abraham, right? Uh, the tournament's high scorer for Chelsea. And again, not even in the squad. I mean, just the point about a natural number nine. Yeah, just it just once you went down, it was clear that Leicester were going to put everybody behind the ball. Then you knew your space was going to be out wide. And at that point, you're going to be whipping balls in. And you know what? That's okay. Sometimes I feel like Chelsea's trying to dance a lot of things in and try to score that perfect goal. Sometimes you just need to whip it in the box and hope for the best. Right. And and you need to get guys that are in that. And that was very clear after they scored. That was going to be the strategy for Leicester was can they hold on? So I was pretty disappointed. It took him a while to to react to that as a manager and hoping that his guys and Timo Werner in particular could 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 solve that problem. And, and they couldn't. So it's really interesting. And now I think about Chelsea and it makes me think about their 2007-2008 season. I'm going to remind everybody what happened there. They got second in the league. Yep. They got runners up in the League Cup. They got runners up in the Community Shield. And they got runners up in the Champions League. They were the nearly team, you know? And I see a lot of Chelsea fans referencing this 2008 season because it's starting to feel like that again, that they're going to just be this runners up team. And even though they have all this potential and everybody can see it, they're not yet, not there yet. And it also reminds me of the famous Frank Lampard quote before he got fired. My team isn't ready yet to win trophies. I'm paraphrasing him, but, but he basically said this, they're not, they're not good enough yet or mentally strong enough yet to win trophies. And that can still prove to be true. That would be super funny for Frank Lampard. Uh, (laughs) Kind of, kind of undermining Tuchel and kind of knowing that these guys just couldn't, they're good to get there, but do they have enough to actually win anything of significance? Can can I say one one thing on the end of that? Yeah. Um, The the only flip side I would say to that is, is we saw Liverpool make progress until Liverpool became Liverpool, right? And there was this belief in the system around, at one point, Brendan Rodgers' record was 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 better than Jurgen Klopp's. And people were saying, hey, it's the same. This is cyclical. And they're saying, no, no, this is actually, we're actually heading somewhere towards something. You have to believe in this project. And then it's now led to, to, to where Liverpool are to, today. And so, you know, I'm hoping that that's the lens of which you could see Chelsea if they were to fall short. But it just seems like they're, they're so close. And I also want to give a shout out to Casper Smichel, who had a couple of fantastic oh, saves. World also classic. against the rules to have your starter play in an FA Cup final. Um, <laughs> everybody knows that's the backups. That's the backups role. That's why Man City uh, aren't, aren't in it. Um, but well, uh, that's the rule, guys. Absolutely. Well, listen, Casper Smichel deserves it. And Leicester City, what a narrative for them. I feel like their movie deserves uh, three parts. The first part, uh, obviously, avoiding relegation and winning the Premier League, the second part going through all the tragedy that they went through. And now look at this, an FA Cup as well. And Brendan Rodgers, by the way, we'll finish on this. To me, the most underrated manager in Europe. Like, hands, I just think he deserves so much more credit and mention, regardless of the FA Cup win. He, he, he's a very good manager. But Luis, you have to win something, right? I mean, I think if you want to get that respect uh, as a manager, everybody can see he's a terrific manager and all of his players for the most part think he's very good and they learned a lot. And yes, he won in Scotland with a very dominant Celtic team, but this was the one I think now to your point, like he finally won something. He proved he could get to the top. And I think now we'll start to see that respect. I am curious. I mean, he might get another crack at, at uh, no disrespect to Leicester, but one of the maybe traditional big six. Yeah, no, absolutely right. All right. Listen, uh, let's keep going here. I want to talk La Liga. My God, 
Nobody <laughs> wants this. And then suddenly it just was going back and forth. And just, uh, you know, as we are speaking, obviously, uh, everybody should know, uh, Atletico Madrid came back from behind uh, a late goal by Luis Suarez to beat Osasuna. Amazing. Real Madrid... Um, as well, you know, even though it looked like they, they temporarily were top of the table and then Atletico Madrid got their, got their job done. Barcelona lose uh, to Celta Vigo. Lenglet got sent off. So this is Atletico Madrid's title to win it and to lose it. Like, it, it's in their hands, Heath Pierce. Thoughts on La Liga for a sec. Yeah, you know, it's funny because a lot of the year, I... I was wondering if we were going to get the Luis Suarez, Bar Barcelona Luis Suarez. Um, and he's still scored, you know, quite a bit of goals this year. But you almost expect him in the way that Griezmann took over when he was at Atletico um, all that time. You expect somebody to be like, okay, I'm going to come in and take it over. But this is the biggest goal of the year, right? To score, I think it was the 88th or, uh, 88th or, or later mi uh, minute goal yeah. uh, to wrap that up for them, which is, you know, really late. I mean, you're talking about the end of your season there. And to come through on that, I think is 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 clutch and so for la liga it, i i was convinced three weeks ago that there's no way atletico can pull this off they had too much going on they it just seemed like they were allowing these giants called real madrid and barcelona to to to, to linger and we were talking about how Komen same sort of thing um even though he's been able to get to win there the the um, the copa del rey this year was it was sort of heading trending towards oh man this might all fall off uh, and for a Barcelona again who are given the gift of saying this is in your hands they've dropped this back in Atletico's hands and and uh, now Barcelona are out of that and it's up to them it's it's uh, I I believe their last who's the who who's the, who's the last match that they have by yeah I mean by the lead yeah just to catch everybody they're getting relegated. And uh, Atleti's played them four times of the last two seasons and haven't given up a goal. So it really is <laughs> in Atleti's hands in so many different ways. I think it's so ironic, though, that the day that Barcelona get knocked out of contention for winning La Liga, it's Luis Suarez that scores the winner for Atleti. Absolutely. Potentially win the I mean, talk about writing scripts. I mean, every single league has some of these dramatic narratives. And this is this one is really special because Barcelona needed those goals. And and. For all those Barcelona fans that are out there and are frustrated and probably don't even want to listen to any type of criticism to their team or actually want as much as possible because they're frustrated too. Where you guys struggled this season, especially in the last couple of weeks, was you, 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 Granada really stood out and today as well. You had chances to put games away. Even Leo Messi found himself in great spots. A goalkeeper would make a great save. Messi would just miss wide. There'd be some heroic defending to block the shot. And when you didn't put those teams away and you let those teams hang around, that's really what what I think was the difference. And if we jump over to the Real Madrid game, Kareem Benzema, by the way, was offside. And he yeah, definitely he impedes impedes with Nacho, the ball hitting Nacho's knee. That's why Nacho didn't even know anything about it. It hits Nacho's knee and goes in. And that's how they won today. And, but for whatever reason, they they ruled in favor of somehow Kareem Benzema not getting... I, that's crazy to me. So so I'm not into conspiracy theories or whatever. <laughs> well, it's a little sketchy. It's a little sketchy. So it does come down to the last weekend in La Liga and if Letty, I guess they could get a draw. They're up by two points, but I don't know about the goal difference. They're plus 41. So Real Madrid would have to win to get good and get a draw, but Madrid would have to win by four goals. Well, and there's the head to head as well in La Liga, remember? So, you know, the, oh, that's right. That's so right. That, that, that is the most important thing. So really Atleti, one thing is for sure. Atletico Madrid just, it, the, the titles no, in they their can't hands. They can't lose. They can't they, lose. Yeah, absolutely. They just have to better Real Madrid's 
score and uh, result, and La Liga is theirs. All right, I want to move on here because Serie A as well is very interesting. Juventus. Juventus got a win over Inter Milan. That was a crazy game. We nearly called it, Jimmy, with that draw, a high-scoring draw, but... It should have been. That penalty, that last one was soft. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but this weekend also confirmed Atalanta making the Champions League once again. And this is, again, another story, by the way, that people need to remember. This is not a squad with all the money in the world. They're not a super league, he says in bunny quotes. This is a, a team that is a working class team. And, and, and the fact that they're in the Champions League once again is, is kind of amazing. But what are your thoughts uh, on Serie A, Jimmy, uh, and what's going on? Inter Milan top, obviously, Scudetto, but they lost. Doesn't matter. They're still Scudetto champions. Atalanta, second. Napoli, third, 76 points. Milan, same points as well. Uh, and Juventus, fifth, just behind with uh, 75. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen Atalanta play, the, what are you doing? Three, the fourth, well, the fourth three game they had against Genoa pretty much sums them up. The first 20 minutes, unbelievable. They're up 3-0, and then they give up a goal, and then it's a little dicey, they make it 4-1, they give up two late goals, and it gets really dicey, and they end up winning 4-3. I mean, that is the roller coaster that is Atalanta, but they never disappoint. They're they're never boring, and, and I really appreciate what uh, Gasparini, the manager, has done. I think he's one of the best managers in the world, and I think people know it deep down, but I don't think he's ever going to leave. He created and, and helped develop this project at Atalanta. He wants to see it through. Juve. Cristiano Ronaldo scored yet again his 29th goal in Serie A. The guy is an absolute animal. And that last one, the penalty, he wasn't on the field. John Square, also known as Juan Cuadrado, scored a brace, but the first one was a deflection. Got the one. He, I mean, he set up the penalty. He took it. I just thought it was a bit harsh there at the end. I thought the referees were doing a favor to, to Juve in some capacity, kind of like maybe La Liga referees were kind of doing a favor to Real Madrid. Uh, good game overall, 3-2, very exciting. Roma took down Lazio, by the way. That was a big, big win. I just want to say briefly, Fonseca played a back four in that one, and they looked fantastic. And it makes me wonder if they had played a black back four a little bit more, how much uh, how much better they would have been. And maybe Fonseca could have still had a job, even though I'm kind of excited to see how Mourinho does. Well, Mourinho's taking there. notes of that one. Oh, back four. 100%. 100%. Okay. <laughs> and then Napoli, Napoli got a soft penalty, too, to, to get them started uh, to beat Fiorentina. There's a lot of soft penalties being thrown around here at the end of the season. And they got a massive, massive win. So it's it's crazy. It is crazy right now in Serie A. Uh, you know, Juventus, Juventus, excuse me, in fifth, one point behind both Milan and Napoli. And uh, Milan, big, big draw with Cagliari. So it's, it's going to come down to the last weekend for the top four. And I mean, that's that's why we like to be fans to see how this all unfolds, especially when I'm a neutral and I don't have any teams in the race. <laughs> exactly. Once again, another league where the final weekend will be the decider. I want to jump to the Bundesliga and give the mic to Heath. Uh, let's talk about the Bundesliga for a second. Heath Pierce, Borussia Dortmund, Champions League, Erlen Haaland, maybe he stays. Uh, uh, Robert Lewandowski equaling the great Gerd Muller. And obviously you would think that he would pass it maybe. Uh, pretty amazing uh, from both angles. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk with Bundesliga. Yeah. I also wanted to point out real quick on Serie A, Atalanta yep. play AC Milan at home in the last game of the season. Ooh, baby. Um, and so there is implications there for just Champions League in general. One of them are going to cough up. They probably end up just going like, hey, like maybe we should draw or we'll figure this out. You know, we'll do you a mean little... They, uh, you, mean, you mean they might, they might con my bullet? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's just make sure we all have a good time. You know, like as long as we're all having fun, this is fine. Um, and then, and then Juventus will find a way, uh, obviously to sneak into that last spot, which, um, is not currently in their hands, but, but yeah, for the Bundesliga, really interesting stuff because Dortmund finish, uh, you know, champions league. I think this is a gigantic failure from Eintracht Frankfurt oh. who for most of the season had the least amount of losses and have just sort of fallen apart here at the end. And now to lose to an, an awful Schalke, a Schalke who has Klaus Jan, Jan Huntelaar, as well as Matthew Hoppe, who, who, who's American, um, put up four, four three, four, three. There was all that was right. Yeah. Put up four on them already relegated and relegated. They were relegated like three months ago, you know, like <laughs> this is one of those. And again, that's a dangerous thing because all bets are off when these teams play. They just sort of, you know, there's something that can happen to you, but for Eintracht Frankfurt to fall out of there and then Wolfsburg to be able to get, uh, to, to end up with end on a point today after going up to one, uh, against RB Leipzig is hugely important. And then again, Maximilian Philippe, who people are saying should be in the national team every time, former Dortmund player. I'm assuming Jimmy's wearing a Maximilian Philippe shirt right now well, 100%. Uh, because of his goals. He, he had two today. So that's helping Wolfsburg stay in that, that top four uh, and, and finish in a Champions League spot. So yeah, really crazy stuff to see to see Frankfurt fall out and, and then now um, Leverkusen be the two teams that are going to fall into Europa League. Yeah. Jimmy, is uh, Erlen Haaland staying in Borussia Dortmund, you think? Oh, this is going to be a crazy summer. I, I still think that funds overall are going to be a little interesting. Uh, I only think there's a handful of teams that can afford him and his wages, not only the transfer fee, but his wages. We'll see what they can end up coughing up. You know, Man City and Pep have already said, ah, we can't do it. I think that's all smoke and mirrors. But but I don't know. It's really going to come down to Erling Holland. Jaden Sancho, I thought, was fantastic as well. In this, the last couple of weeks, last month or two, he's been ridiculous. And and uh, he could be another target for, for a lot of different teams as well. So I don't know. It's, it's really interesting times. But I think qualifying for the Champions League puts them in a spot where, hey, guys, just, stay, let's just, just do one more season. Let's just do one more season. You know, then we can go. Then we can party afterwards. So I think that really opened up the conversation to the possibility of staying and makes it a lot more enticing for those, those two guys. I did want to give a shout out to Robert Lewandowski who did score. I told everybody he's going to score first. He scored first on a penalty. He ties Gerd Muller's uh, all-time record. He's got one more game to do it against Augsburg and we'll see Augsburg just beat for De Bremen to, to stay up. So they're going to be feeling pretty good about themselves. I think Lewandowski is going to do it, but uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself because we have the preview show later in the week. Yeah, so we got to be careful, but I agree. I think, uh, I, I think he'll do it. By the way, it's all just hitting off in Europe because Liga as well. Lille tied Saint Etienne, nil nil. PSG won four nothing, four nothing against uh, who was it? Oh, Rennes. Well, no, no, uh, Reims. Yeah, it was Rems. Yeah, that's right. Reims, Rems, Reims. Oh, yeah. just we just it, it could be rims, yeah. Yeah. Well, they won for nothing. And uh that means Leo is only in, leading the league by a point heading into the final match day. <laughs> How many monitors are we going to need in this final day, Heath? I, I don't know. We're going to need about 5, I think. It's it's I mean, it, I'm I'm assuming if you add the two points they would have had, they would have been up three. Still, probably would have gone down to the final day because Paris Saint Germain has crazy goal difference. And I think what is it head to head first, and maybe they would be, they could have won it on on today. I'm not exactly sure. All I know is that. Well, the thing is, tying against Saint Etienne from Lille's perspective does not help them because I think it adds pressure to the fact that now they really have to, you know, make sure that they better PSG's result. They only lead by a point. They really have to win. 
Because if they yeah, draw, they, you they know that PSG is going to take that They could have been on a draw on their final day, uh, for sure. And and now they need to win. Um, and I don't have the I don't have the matches in front of me. Actually, I do. Let's see here. They've got uh, Lille plays Angers, yeah, uh, away from home, and then uh, PSG played Brest away from home. All games obviously starting at the same time. Uh, but yeah, it's all it's all on Lille. I I don't think Lille's going to lose this. They, they've just got this kind of swag to them right now that I feel like this is the kind of game where if you look at uh, Angers, who are, what, middle of the table, just below the middle of the table, I see them beating, I see them just running this team because it's, you know, I, I don't uh, see it being a 1-0 to grind I, that out. I do, do want to mention, though, that back in January, Angers beat Lille away from home 2-1. So... There is a bit of a history, yeah. and, and maybe there's some revenge factor there. I gotta tell you, I think PSG's doing this. <laughs> no, don't do this to us. No, I know. I just, I just don't feel put that in the air. You literally said that Leo Garant are walking around with this swag. I feel that swag kind of expired a week and a half ago. I think now they're walking on very thin glass. Like they're like we're leading the table. Don't mess anything up. I don't want them to. I would love to see Leo win this, but. I don't know this not being able to get anything out of this game against Etienne makes it a little bit difficult, a little bit hard. All right, let's play a fun game. All wait, right. Wait, wait, can I jump yeah. in really quick about Liga? Yeah. Just, yeah. just because I have a friend that supports Nantes, and, and Nantes was left for dead in the, in the relegation zone. They've won four straight games. Okay. They're in 18th last relegation spot on 40 points. Yeah. L'Oreal 41 points, Brest 41 points, Strasbourg 41 points, Bordeaux 42 points. Ream 42 points. Unbelievable. That is ri- that is ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> They've won four straight to put themselves in that position. Very similar to uh, the Cagliari's run in Serie A. It's funny when, when teams get their backs against the wall, how they end up fighting out and, and when they get that run started. That's a, that's there's so many games in France to watch, but okay, let's play your game. I want to play. No, no, game. no. I, I do want to say, I do want to say, Luis, before you get there, I, I want to point out that Lille beat uh Nice in the last couple of weeks, they beat Lyon. They beat PSG in the last. Uh, Heath, I'm not a Lille fan. Listen, I'm not a Lille. No, I'm not a Lille <laughs> hater. Stop putting this in the air, okay? You stop putting this in the air, and then you go back to the French Cup round of 16, and you can see that Lille got actually crushed by. I, th- PSG. I think you want me to put this in the air because I've been wrong really recently a lot. So if I say Lille's gonna lose, they're gonna win. So that's all right. Fair, it's fair. all about the George Costanza uh, do the opposite. I think that that's what's gonna happen. I'm just thinking about Timo Weah and the fact that like, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm the same. Jonathan David, I want him to I get know. that trophy. I know, you know, I know you are. But what about poor Neymar? He never gets anything. That's true. <laughs> but he's not. There's, there's only one Burak Yilmaz, you know. So there's. Uh, <laughs> that is true. That is only true. Only one Burak uh, Yilmaz. <laughs> That's all right. Let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's play a fun game here. I'm gonna just quickly. You gotta give me like a quick, instinctive answer. Who's gonna? Um, you know, win either a league or if, or I might say, or it's a yes or no answer. Okay. Real quick. Okay. Jimmy, I'll go with you first. All right. And then, dang it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Juventus, are they getting champions league? Quick, Jimmy. No, no, no. (laughs) Keith, are you ready? Yeah. Same question. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Both of you feeling okay. Ready? Heath for you. Atletico, are they winning La Liga? Yes. Jimmy. Yes. All right. Okay. Liga. Jimmy. PSG or Lille? Uh, Lille. <laughs> Heath, I know your answer. Lille for the win. FTW. <laughs> All right. Premier League. Jimmy. Liverpool. Are they get in Champions League. I kind of want to see it. Yes. Heath. 
Yes, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm, vo- I'm voting. Mo- See, when you go quick, I, you always think with your heart first and not your head. Yeah, exactly. Exa- no, it's in- it's like it's what your heart actually feels as opposed to anything. Else. But you said, I hope so, Heath. Uh, well, I, I, ask me if Eintracht Frankfurt are going to make the Champions League. I'll tell you. Tell you <laughs> I know. I know the math on that one. That's a clear yes. no. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, listen, um, this was it. I want your final thoughts, everybody. Uh, Heath, give me your final thoughts from this crazy weekend. And what's ahead? Yeah, Chicharito is the best striker uh, in the history. <laughs> Here we go. Of, he, he is Mexico's Chris Wondolowski. You get 50% off your local. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he no. scored again. He scored again on Sunday against Austin, right? Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did score again in a in a very chicharito type goal. Like it, it, there is a, you know, when people go like, you know, he's got a type. Like his type of goal is the same type of goal. And somehow he he just has like he scores so many goals where it hits the goalkeeper's hand first and then goes in the goal. Uh, that it's it. There is something to that though, right? There's an it's art to this, it. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's an art to it of just like the timing, the feeling, and and like where to be and when. Um, yeah, I just wanted to point out that, that he's continuing to score. I think he's, I think he's got seven maybe right now. Wow. No, no. Good. Listen, I'm, I'm, there is nobody happier uh, than me than what Chichito's doing. He's right got now. 400% more goals than he scored last year. <laughs> 400%. By the way, LA Galaxy second in the Western Conference to Seattle Sanders as well. So that's good. Jimmy, final thoughts. Yeah. So I, as a 40, excuse me, as a former sporting Kansas city player, uh, I just wish we could play the Vancouver Whitecaps every single week. Uh, <laughs> what we was the score in that? 3-0 to SKC. Also, I I don't think Yapsam's going to last too long at FC Cincinnati in their home debut at this beautiful oh, new stadium. They're what's the score, right? It's two, they're down 2-0 at half to Inter-Miami, who have their own struggles. So, yeah, I don't know. If they need a, a you know an awesome center back that used to play that uh, might be a little more charming, uh, I'm available. Just throwing that up. Well, let's do it. And it was their opening. Uh, the stadium is beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. beautiful. Come on, Yapstam. Get it together. Well, my yeah, final yeah. thought is uh, the EFL Championship, the playoffs, they begin tomorrow. Bournemouth against Brentford and Barnsley. I know you two want to talk about Barnsley against Swansea. This is going to be a good playoff series, of course. And if you don't know, this is the most exciting football in England right now. To be honest with you, it's just ridiculous. Uh, I'm excited. Any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I'll jump in and say that I think the championship is probably the hardest league to win in the world. I just think they play so many games. And then if you have a great season, you might still have to go into a playoff and try to get up to the Premier League. And and that's a grind as well. But uh, it's incredibly difficult to win this league. And so fair play to the two teams that are already going up. And then obviously best of luck to the ones that are competing for that last spot. Amen. Heath? Even more so on that, they play so many games, but there's such a disparity from top to bottom in the championship mm-hmm. in, in quality, right? You have you have the elevator teams from the Premier League. You have other teams that are like on year two or year three of those parachute payments where it's like it's now or never. And then you spread that out over a season. Oddly, every single year, though, there are a couple teams that absolutely dominate the championship. And you can't believe that they play this many games in this often. They played three games a week, every week for the whole season. And you'll see them go on these crazy runs of form where they're sitting on insane amounts of points. But I agree with Jimmy there. It's, 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 it's the hardest league to win. Absolutely. And listen, you know, what's funny is if you dominate in the championship and you're the one that goes up to the premier league, it's not always the case. 
that you are the best out of those newly promoted teams that does well in the Premier League. It's a, it's a really interesting narrative that they have to like elevate themselves from once they leave the championship. All right, the final quick uh, instinctive uh, quick answer, all right? I'll give, <laughs> I love this. I'll this give the you final, 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 final thought. Uh, the last one. There's not even a thought. Just tell me, all right? Listen. Uh, all right, Jimmy. Bournemouth, Brentford, Barnsley, Swansea. Who's the third one that's going to the Premier League? I'm going to go Barnsley. Of course you are. Heath! <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Barnsley. Aren't Brentford and Barnsley both doing the Billy Bean thing? You know, the money ball type of idea? Yeah, but don't um, call Brentford the money ball team. They they like to think they're much more than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I, I'm going with Brentford. Uh, I think they are they're that they're very good and they deserve to to finally come up. But anyway, make sure that you check it out. Jimmy, thank you so much, brother. Thank you guys. Always a pleasure. Heath, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us and follow us on Spotify, Stitcher. Watch us on YouTube. We're also on CBSSports.com and your CBS Sports app. Make sure that you have a great, great beginning to your week.